It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072 or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. Either way, we want you to be a part of it. Do that, do that, do that, please. 756 on the Blitz 1170. He is Bryce Hulse. He keeps this whole thing between the ditches. I'm the guy trying to put it in the ditch. I'm Rick Corey. Now we welcome somebody who will bring the whole thing to a higher level. Ryan Wakeley, he's the head basketball coach at Victory Christian. Congratulations on a fantastic start, Ryan. Thank you. I appreciate that. We're pleased with the start of the year and uh, just looking forward to continuing to build as we move forward. All right, so at 8-1, and one, going into a game tonight against Lincoln Christian, just give me an idea of why your team has been so successful. Uh, I mean, I think we've got a a great mix of <laughs> young men who have uh, really uh, put in the work in the off season, and uh, you know we're led by Chris Mason, uh, senior power forward, who uh, has just had a tremendous start to the season for us, and uh, has you know just really taken some great steps as he's uh, coming into his senior year. You know, it's it's one thing to have a star, and that's great. You have to have team players around them. So apparently, you're getting buy-in from pretty much everybody. We have, uh, you know, we've got Michael Doctor, outstanding uh, receiver uh, on the year. You know, that we had a great football season, and then uh, a couple. You know, Evan Miori, great role player for us, six seven, um, doing a great job for us. Uh, defending and rebounding and then uh we've got a uh, young people uh gene mason who has done a great start it's chris's little brother but just a great basketball iq and just come in and fill a great you know playing great for us and then uh newcomer connor connor hislip uh point guard has just come in and uh really uh set the tone defensively for us and helped us out there so you're a guy who is an, is also an ad and I know yes. that those are, I know in high school that used to be really common, not quite as common as it used to be. How much of your time does that take and how much can you truly devote to coaching? Um, it, I've done it for, you know, coming up on 13, 14 years now. And so it's, I've got a good routine down where I feel like I'm able to, you know, do both jobs well. And, uh, you know, it helps having some great staff on the, on the AD side and on the basketball side that have uh, enabled me to continue to be able to do both. Well, and, you know, having a great staff, and I, and I know it's capable of doing both, but I, I've always thought it's a pretty good skill set. <laughs> well, you, you just have to be organized. And, you know, my admin team, my superintendent, principals, uh, you know, understand there's times where basketball is going to take some focus. I may be out of the building and that type of stuff with athletics, but, uh, they've just allowed me to to do it, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. Let's look at your season. You know, you've had some games like that Siloam Springs game, and you went easily eighty to forty seven. But you've also had the you know the sixty two fifty nines against Kasha. Uh, the Heritage Hall game was pretty close. The one loss to Holland Hall. You're learning, or your team seems to be learning to win in a lot of different ways. How valuable is that for you during the season? Oh, it's good. You know, you it's you have to. Um, as the season goes on, you know, you have to learn to win different ways. Um, you're going to be in some, some dog fights. You're going to have a night where you don't, don't play great. 
uh, offensively and you have to rely on your defense. And there's going to be nights where you're scoring at will but don't have a as good a good a night uh, defensively. So it's I think that's another great attribute with this team is we have the ability to do both and cover up some mistakes when it's when a night's not going well on one end of the floor. When you see when you see what this group has is doing, and you think looking forward, what your ceiling is, where do you see improvement, and what is it you think has to happen to kind of keep that ladder going upward? Um, we have to get more consistent. Um, we've, uh, you know, just for example, the other night we're playing Casha Hall, great, you know, really good team, coached really well by Lee Mayberry, and uh, we have a good run in the third quarter, and then just lose some focus in the fourth quarter and you know they they get on a roll and get back in the game and we're able to to hold on and win the game but we just have to find you know consistency for 32 minutes to to really get where we need to go a couple more minutes here with ryan wakely he's the head basketball coach at victory christian you heard me say also the athletic director over there it is 801 here on the blitz 1170 rick Corey with price Hulse. Coach, you mentioned earlier Chris Mason. Uh, he was the MVP of the Sky Took tournament that your team went on to win. What has made him so special for your team this year? Um, he's just – I mean, he's – at the offensive end, he's hes just imposed his will on people, you know, and just he's gotten he, – he, the pain is his, you know. He's – anything inside 10 feet, he's – you know, it's a rebound fizz or – you know, he's getting to the bucket and finishing, um, and he's just – he's kind of set the tone for those games and just got, you know, been great for us down there. You know, this is a, an interesting time in around here. You know, the Halls, Holland and Kasha, uh, all really good. Heritage Hall is pretty good. Obviously, Metro is not bad. You guys are good as well. Is this one of the better times for, you know, the, the, the private schools in basketball, and how have you seen the skill set continue to climb? Um, yeah, they're all these schools around here. I mean, I think of just taking great steps with their athletics and they have great coaches in place that, uh, help, um, get those kids in the positions they need to be. But yeah, the, the private school sector in the Tulsa community is, uh, no slouch when it comes to that. When I, you know, took over as the basketball coach at victory, it was, you know, Metro and us were usually pretty good, and mm-hmm. Holland Hall, but they were playing down in the, the Texas conference that they played in, was good also. But it's just grown immensely over the past, you know, 20 years. It has, and you start looking at some of the really good coaches that have been keys in that. But I think overall, I mean, college, high school basketball has always been good here. And you've always, you've heard of your stars and standouts here and there. It just seems to me like the game is elevated. Is that because athletes are better today? Is that because coaching's got better? Is it training techniques? Is it a combination of all that, Ryan? I think it's a combination of all. I think the access to the trainers, you know, kids are training more, you know, than just basketball season they're they're going to skilled trainers throughout the the summer and you know the team camps and summer leagues and then the summer basketball that kids are playing in uh, just gets them more experience and I think it's just the the access and the availability to play more Mm -hmm. has helped yeah and then the other thing is those guys those young men and young women have to understand what is most valuable to work on now certainly you know in the last couple of days because the retirement of Nick Saban I've seen the one piece of video over and over again of him talking about take your weakness and make it your strength. 
if you could give a piece of advice to anyone listening who wants to become a better basketball player, something that might be overlooked or, you know, because everybody wants to score, I get all that, what would you tell them? Time. you got to spend the time working at it. Um, you know, I, I love the game of football. My son played football, everything like that. <clears throat> I think basketball and baseball, those sports are so – your motor skills have to be so good, so fine-tuned. You have to spend so much time. You can't just, you know, we've seen great basketball players. You know, Graham in the NFL was a college basketball player but went on to be an all-pro in the NFL because, mm-hmm. of you know, it it doesn't require the same fine motor skills the, the time. You know, it's like if you can run fast and you can do that stuff, it, it makes a difference in football. I mean, you can run fast in basketball, but it doesn't mean you can dribble one. You have to spend the time to really, really work at it. And I know those guys – spend time honing their craft but you know I've always said uh, it's hard for a football kid who never plays basketball to walk on a court and play the game but I think a basketball kid that's never played football has a better chance to go out and be successful in football yeah interesting well Ryan I know uh, you we visited with you last year and it was a good year for you and I hope it's even better this year at eight and one it's a heck of a start thank you for your time this morning and good luck Thank you. I appreciate it. You betcha. Ryan Wakeley, Victory Christian head basketball coach, 8-1. and one. You're doing something right over there. The private schools are kicking a little tail. Yeah, I've noticed that when I was just kind of going over uh, them and their matchup with Lincoln Christian. Uh, a lot of competitive basketball at the mm-hmm. private level. And, you know, old Teddy Owens over there at uh, Holland Hall has got himself something oh, yeah. going pretty special, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Uh, by the way, he's Bryce Alzheimer at Corey, and we talked earlier about Gary Busey. He made our not sports list where – he pulled up in Malibu, which is, you know, if you've never been out there, it's a nice area, and uh, hopped out of his car in a pair of sweatpants, a T-shirt, a shirt over that, a dirty hat, and walked up to a bush alongside the street and just decided that he needed to pee. And just did wasn't Some trying to was not trying to hide it. Do anything. Just I I'm not bringing that back up just to tell you a guy peed along the side of the road. I'm bringing it up because I got a text from Ike, uh, uh, for pardon me, from Lynn over at Ike's Chili. It said Gary Busey came in uh, a few years back and he said he just sat around and talked to us. Quite a character, great guy to talk to. And yeah, if you if you, you know, if you're from here, you've probably at some point had a Gary Busey sighting. The first time yeah. I saw him in person. I was running sprints in high school. Really? Yes, because he, my head, our head coach at, at Nathan Hale, when I was there, Jim Smith, who was the first person in Oklahoma to have a heart transplant in the state. Wow. Jim did. He, he passed away a few years later. Anyway, Jim <clears throat> was our head coach, and he had been the offensive line coach when Gary Busey played center at Nathan Hale. Hmm. And so the two were friends. And he would come back and occasionally, and he'd come out and visit, and we hated it because as soon as Coach Smith started talking with Gary, we just had to keep running because the assistant coaches wouldn't stop us. Only Coach Smith could stop us. So when Gary was there, you knew you were going to run until he just remembered that you were running. So, but, at, but at that time, he, uh, he, would, he had played drums for Willie Nelson on tour and a couple other things he'd gone out because, you know, musically he's pretty talented. Yeah. And I, we, uh, I was one of the captains my senior year, and there were three of us sitting down in, in Coach's office because he had captains meetings once a week. And we were sitting in the office, and in, go, in comes Busey. And he, he just, you know, Coach gets up, shakes his hand, introduces him to all of us. And then he, the two of them just I mean, Busey just sits down, and they just start talking, and we just don't leave. So we're hearing all these stories. And he, he's getting up to leave, <clears throat> uh, and uh, – 
he says, hey, by the way, he said, uh, I've got a movie coming out you might want to check out. And Coach said, oh, yeah, what is it? And he said, it's called The Buddy Holly Story. He said, I know you know who Buddy Holly is, right? And so, you know, and now I was aware of Buddy Holly. The other guys I was in the room with weren't because I was born 100 years old. So I was kind of aware of Buddy Holly, and I, I, kind, of, I kind of turned and looked and, and – you know, I didn't say anything. I just kind of turned and looked at him. He said, I think it's pretty good. Well, he gets nominated for an Oscar for that. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so, I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. At any rate, Gary, who was, you know, <laughs> from that to peeing in public yesterday in Malibu. <laughs> that's that's a full life <laughs> when you think about it. I think it is. <laughs> What's your life goal? Well, I was really hoping I could pee in public at some point. Uh, but have but an Oscar it, in hand. Yeah, right. Yeah, in one hand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Mark that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but what I was trying to get to was if you if you are from here, you likely had a bump with Gary somewhere along the line. It just kind of happened. He did kinda, tend to hang out. I, I'd seen his, uh, something last year when he'd been over at the church studios at Leon's place and that kind of thing. 810 here on the Blitz 1170. <laughs> and you just never know when you tune in. That's why you listen. You just don't know what these two morons are going to do. Yeah. Well, he's smart. Eight, yeah. 810 here on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. He's Bryce Hulse. All right, when we come back, I'll play that other segment of Saban I was talking about and get some more uh, opinions here from you at 918-262-5072. It's 918-262-5072. That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Remember, the Oilers are home this weekend, and anytime they're home on a Sunday, you get to go skate on the ice with the players after the game. It's called Sunday Funday. Uh, you can take your own skates. You can rent some down there if you like, and the players will be out there. You can have yourself a little fun and make a bit of a memory. It's any Sunday when the Oilers are home. It's Sunday fun day from the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. The Oklahoma State Cowboys call the Blitz 1170 home. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Transfer quarterback Casey Thompson has committed to the Oklahoma Sooners. Thompson, a Southmore native and former four-star in the 2018 class, has previously been with Texas, Nebraska, and FAU. He was granted a seventh year of eligibility. His father, Charles Thompson, played for the Sooners from 1986 to 88. And the Oklahoma City Thunder were victorious in the fifth largest blowout in NBA history as they pounded the Portland Trailblazers 139-77, a 62-point win. SGA had 31 points and Josh Giddy had a triple-double. The previous record for the Thunder uh, for their victory margin was 45 points, set twice in 2012 and the 2013 season. That's the winner roll of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Boots 1170 and streaming on the Boots 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. <laughs> we, we just heard <laughs> from Steve <laughs> on our neuropathy treatment clinic Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. I know I'm five. I mean, maybe 10 on a good day. So we you have the story of Busey <clears throat> and you said Oscar oh, yeah. in one hand. And I said, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one hand, right? <laughs> Well, Steve says maybe he he named his Oscar so that way there's an Oscar in both hands. Ah, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that, I guess. There we go. <laughs> At least we didn't think of it. Yeah, <laughs> he did it, officer. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? Oh, God, why does that make me laugh? Because uh, I'm stupid. All right, let's get back to Nick Saban, shall we? Uh, we know the the announcement, and I'm sure you're probably, you know, you've talked about it enough, and you've visited with friends, and it was definitely, you know, yesterday, it had to be one of those three guys when you're talking sports you were talking about. I mean, unless you're a complete fan of just one kind of thing or one particular sport or whatever, you know, Casey Thompson didn't even really make the news cycle yesterday very yeah. much because of everything that was happening. But Saban did sit with Reese Davis of ESPN. And here's a little bit of a segment of that as Reese asks him the question everybody wants to know. Why did you decide that this was the right time to retire? Well, I don't think there's any good time, especially when you're a coach, because once you're a coach, you think you're going to be a coach forever. But I actually thought that uh, in hiring coaches, uh, recruiting players, uh, that my age started to become a little bit of an issue. People wanted uh, assurances that I would be here for three years, five years, whatever, and that got harder and harder for me to be honest about. And to be honest, this last season uh, was grueling. Uh, it was a real grind uh, for us to come from where we started to where we got to. Uh, took a little little more out of me than usual and you know when people mentioned the health issue it was really just the grind of can you do this the way you want to do it can you do it the way you've always done it and be able to sustain it and do it for the entire season and if I couldn't make a commitment to do that in the future uh, the way I, I think I have to do it um, I thought maybe this was the right time based on those two sets of circumstances uh, that um, like I said, there's never a good time, uh, but I thought maybe this was the right time. So there's no there's no illness. It's just the grind and the gruel of the season. Yeah, there's no illness. Miss Terry's fine. I'm fine. Um, but it was the can you sustain the season? You know, from just a, a mental grind standpoint. Um, and I, you know, when I was young, you know, I could work till two in the morning, get up at six, and be there the next day and be full of energy and go for it. But when you get a little older, that gets a little tougher, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah, I would imagine a lot of people could relate to that. Something we played another clip earlier when he said, you know, I just uh, I don't have the same energy. And he said that he involved himself more this year in other aspects of coaching defensively and all that. He blames himself for the loss. Against Michigan, he thinks they should have. He said, you know, maybe I could have done a better job. Maybe we could have called a better play. Yeah, All of America thinks you could have called a better play. Yes. <laughs> Actually, yes. it wasn't necessarily a bad play. I think it was the wrong read. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think he hands the ball. you got a better chance of getting something done. At any rate, so just more on, on him and, and as he planned to do it. Then, as we said yesterday, he showed up at work. <laughs> yeah, he said Miss Terry made him leave. And then still people are carrying his bags and all that kind of stuff. So he stays as whoever he is. Now, Mike Norvell being mentioned, Tommy Reese, Kalen, uh, Kellen DeBoer. You know, Landing saying no didn't surprise me. He's... You know, he he came in and kind of made the splash at Oregon. He's the flavor of the month, and he doesn't have to start over. And even though you're at Alabama where you don't really have to start over, we do all understand that things are going to change. Guys are going to hit the portal at 30 days, and I don't care who they hire. Some people are going to go to the portal, and so you may have your challenges for the next couple of years. Why face that if you think you've got a pretty good thing? Now, he's losing Bo Nix and some other guys, but obviously thinking you're going forward. Plus, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it right. But you do have Phil Knight, 
And as long as Phil Knight is there and, and the backing Oregon has, as long as you can do your job, you got a pretty good opportunity to, you know, to, to make bank and move on. Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, surprises me a little bit as still in the mix because the guy's never been a head coach. And I just can't see them at this point hiring someone who hasn't been a head coach. No, I, I, I can't either. Um, <laughs> It's fun. It's funny that we're talking about this. I got a text from a friend. It's a screenshot from a, uh, I assume it's a radio station in Washington, maybe even Seattle, 93.3 KJR. And it says, Husky fans, we know you were looking forward to a visit with Coach DeBoer this morning. Please understand that Coach DeBoer and UW Athletics are continuing to work towards a future we can all be excited about. At this time, Coach will not be joining us this morning, but we will try and reschedule soon. Yeah, you see yesterday there was, and you know, with these airplane tracking apps, you can follow almost anything anywhere. And yesterday there was an airplane, a private plane, that went from Eugene to Tuscaloosa. Mm. And Eugene, yeah, yeah, which I mean, that's just that makes that's odd. Mm-hmm. So people immediately said, "Oh, that's Dan Lanning." Yeah. Well, apparently not, because he was there all day yesterday. Right. So the, what followed that was, are you telling me that Kellen DeBoer drove to Eugene mm-hmm. to take a private plane just to throw <laughs> us off the scent? <laughs> We're talking about it, aren't we? So <laughs> stranger things have happened. Yeah, it's okay. like we're talking about it. So stranger things have happened. Now, while it's unusual, it was Phil Knight flying there to laugh at them. Could it have happened? Sure. Yeah. It, it you know, could have. Could have somebody else, and also could somebody at Oregon have needed to go there? Sure. We don't know. Private plane. But that. But that's you know, one of the tracker apps found that, which is you know insanely easy to keep up with i remember yeah. watching i mean being involved in several of those things in the past where you're like hey wait that plane's going oh that's todd graham going to pittsburgh you know <laughs> one of those kinds of things so it's going to tempe now yeah right. yeah well you know so my dream job my dream job my dream job my dream job <laughs> at any rate i i would be surprised at this point personally if reese got the job i you know i saw mike norvell's name yesterday and knowing mike a little bit from his time here in tulsa it doesn't really surprise me he seems like, I mean, to me, DeBoer, immediately on the surface, and it's just me, I'm sure, is a better fit. On the surface. I yeah. see him as more of an Alabama guy than I do Norvell. And I don't know why. I really don't. It's, it's unexplainable. It's just kind of, it can be demeanor. It can be just the overall vibe. But you're right, because even though I think Norvell should be a strong candidate, mm-hmm. just seeing him as the Alabama head football coach, just feels weird. It does. It, it really does. It feels so weird. And would he be successful? Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. Mike's done a really good job. I mean, look what he did at Memphis. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. look, And he, Florida State was a train wreck there for a while. Yep. Couldn't and, find their footing. And yep. He was able to bring that back around. And even minus Jordan Travis with his backup, they were playing pretty well. And even yeah. with the third teamer, yeah, they got beat. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they didn't stop playing. They were playing really good football into the third period. That team seems to follow him. They seem to be motivated by him. And you know what? Today in college football, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, you can disagree with me at 918-262-5072 or agree. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often, but you can. Uh, that's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma Text Line. In, in my opinion, this day in college football, being able to motivate people is the most important thing. You can, I mean, almost everybody can do X's and O's. And yeah, there are people better at it than others. I mean, when, you know, when Malzahn was here leading the nation in total offense, he was doing things that were just stupid to people. 
Yeah. I, mean, I don't care how good you were. You couldn't cover a guy if you can't find him, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. Uh, and, and we've seen other people be able to do that. You know, Kirby did that defensively for Alabama when he was the assistant there. Guys who were really good at it. But X's and O's, if you're not the perfect X and O person yourself, you can find someone to be an assistant who is. Can you motivate people to follow? Can you be, and especially as a head coaching role, when you don't have direct contact with all those guys every day, you don't, you can't, you have too much to do. You're too much of a CEO. You're too much of, and especially nowadays, you know, again, you hear Mike Gundy talk about it. I'm a CEO. And that's the way, I mean, it's the way if you hear Saban talk about it, he approached that, approached it that way too. But then he also talked about his direct contact. As a matter of fact, yesterday, he mentioned Saban did when he was uh, he's talking to all the players afterwards. He said, "You know, I can get on your <clears throat> just as easily from up there as I can down here." <laughs> he's promising them, "I'm still here and I'm still going to mm-hmm. be trying to help you get better." But my point is, can you motivate people to follow you and follow what you see as the plan for success? Because if you can't, you will not be successful. I don't care how many X's or O's you draw up. Yeah, and the best motivators are the best coaches. Not fake motivators. I've been around one of those. Guy who would absolutely could sell you ice in an ice storm. But the instant you walked out of the office, you'd go, what? During the time you're in there, it'd be fine. But then you'd walk out and realize, hmm, those guys know. Or those ladies, too, because they're women's sports, too. But in this case, can you follow? Can you make somebody follow you? And Mike is good at that. Uh, he certainly is. I mean, Kalen DeBoer, you see him in the locker room. He seemed to be good at it. You know, you saw him give Griggs that scholarship, which was really cool. You know, the walk-on kicker, yeah, you yeah. know, and that, that was really fun. I don't, you know, I've never seen Tommy Reese in a locker room, so I don't have any idea. But I think that's a big part of this, too, because you're going into a program who is the blood, the, the blue blood. If there's blue blood in college football, that's the bluest as of right now. Mm-hmm. If you're another program, sorry, it's just the truth. That's the bluest, even though they haven't won a title in a few years. You're going to go in there, then you better have, you better be dynamic. You better be able to take that situation over and you better be able to make them believe right now you can. We all think Dan Lanning did the smart thing, at least I think we all think that, by not being the next guy. Just like mm-hmm. Brett McMurphy said, the next guy to take that job is a nut. Is a, is a, is a because <laughs> it's never great to replace the legend. Replace the guy who replaced the legend or the lady who replaced the legend. Do it that way. And I, that's that's how I believe that one's going to go. But that's, a, that's why Norvell, just as much of a motivator as Mike is and all that, he just – I mean, if I just try to picture him in an Alabama shirt, it doesn't work. It's odd. That's why, too, I think that, you know, when Pop came in here and was talking about Pete Carroll, possibly mm-hmm. the next guy, yeah, it's it, it kind of sounds like a joke at first, but you know what's funny is wouldn't wouldn't that make some sense to find a guy that you know is just going to bridge the gap? Mm-hmm. Somebody who's only going to be there for a few years because then that would just take all the weight off of whoever could yeah. get that job next, right? And someone who's okay with that. Yeah. Now, I don't say I'm not saying Pete Carroll wants to go somewhere and be be there a year, but he is 72 years old and he does understand that That's there's going to be a time when you're going to go, you know what, I really am done. So, yeah, I can see that. I can see somebody having, you know, saying, okay, look, we're not going to tell you you're a stopgap. Maybe, maybe you go ahead and have that conversation up front. Maybe you just say, look, get us three years. Did you do that with Tommy Reese? 
because <clears throat> he's a that that's that's the problem is he's well, he seems like one, but he's a young up and coming right. guy. Can, and, it's, it's tough, and I don't but, think you can go tell anybody. We yeah, just you, want. You, yeah, you definitely you can't. You can have the backroom opinion of you know what? Let's just find somebody who's going to do a good enough job, and we'll go get the next superstar. I don't think you can have that kind. You, you might yeah. in the back room be saying, you know, here's what might happen, but it would be. It does make it. Uh, for a very fascinating hire, there's no doubt. It's eight twenty-eight on the Blitz, eleven seventy. You're welcome to weigh in at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. Am I the only one? Can you see Mike Norvell in an Alabama shirt on the sidelines? Had he been a coordinator there, like Kiffin or like Sark, I probably could. As it stands now, I just can't. And maybe it's just me. Nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. All right, we're going to switch gears and talk about the hottest team in the NBA, the Oklahoma City Thunder, with the only dedicated Thunder reporter in the state, Steve McGee. Next here on the Blitz, your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is the Blitz eleven seventy. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz eleven seventy and streaming on the Blitz eleven seventy app. The New England Patriots have hired Gerard Mayo as their next head coach, and he will be introduced during a press conference next week. Mayo was drafted by the Patriots in 2008 and played all eight seasons in New England. He has been in the, he's been the inside linebackers coach for the past five seasons. And in college basketball this weekend, the ninth-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be at Allen Fieldhouse tomorrow afternoon as they take on the third-ranked Jayhawks. Both teams were upset on the road this week. The Sooners are looking to get their first victory in Lawrence since 1993. Tip-off is at 1 o'clock. The Oklahoma State Cowboys will be heading up north as well as they take on Iowa State in, Nor- in, in Ames. The, pe- the Pokes were blown out in Lubbock on Tuesday and are still searching for their first conference win. Tip-off is at 5 with a pregame at 4 here on the Blitz. And on Sunday, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will host the Tul- Tulane Green Wave at the Reynolds Center as they look to secure their first conference win this year. Tip-off is at 2 o'clock with a 1.30 pregame over on Big Country 99.5. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. It's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. We encourage you to hit it. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. He is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey. Now, as promised, we welcome the only dedicated Thunder reporter in the state. Well, that's dedicated to every game. And that is Steve McGee from our own News 9 up in Oklahoma City, part of Griffin Media. Steve, I know you were traveling all day yesterday. Thanks for the time. I know it can be a really grind. It's a grind being on the road all the time, isn't it? I just found out that tomorrow Saturday with your schedule with OSU and OU playing them. And you lose track. Honestly, you do. You lose track of what day it was. I don't know how many times I've been to an NBA arena. In the media room, I'm like, oh, Monday night football, it's Monday. You just kind of forget because it's not, it's nonstop. Also, old age has a lot to do with that as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, th- I didn't get into like 610. And on this trip we just had, I had a whole bunch of like 6 a.m. and 630 flights. And it was like, and they said, hey, we'll have someone else cover it. <laughs> Take your time. So I got to sleep in. Uh, that, that, you know what? Every now and then, that's nice. But it, the travel was brutal for the Thunder on the back-to-back. They got to Portland at, what, 3 a.m.? Yeah, uh, well, back home from for the Portland game, about 3 a.m. Yeah, yeah the, uh, you know, they left Miami. It's about a uh, three hours and 20 minutes direct flight for them. So, uh, obviously, they got in and, and went right to bed, I would hope, and slept mm. in until, like, about 1 o'clock. So, that, that's a tough one. That, 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 that's the longest uh 
flight time I've seen for back-to-back so far in the nine years I've been covering them. We had a uh, San Antonio and Cleveland one time, and even then I was like, wow, that's a distance. Yeah. But it's going to happen to Orlando. Orlando plays tonight in Miami. Then they fly later tonight to come play here in Oklahoma City on Saturday. So. Yeah. They were doing the same thing. All right. So last night, very impressive. On one thirty nine to seventy seven, outscore them in the paint seventy to thirty. Out rebound them, shot well, held them to nothing. Shea had a great night. But you know, I want to talk about Josh Giddy a moment. Thirteen, twelve, and ten, the triple double. And I know, you know, since everything started and all the, you know, the what's going to get worked out with the underage girl and all that. And I, quite honestly, I'm not sure where that is. He'd seemed to struggle a little bit, caught a little bit of that back last night. Do you think there's pressure? I mean, is, do you see a little of that weighing on him, Steve? Um, it had an effect on him for sure. First, the booing started in Minnesota over a month ago, and uh, you know, and for whatever reason, which you know, Miami, there was no booing at all. That was the first time he's had a road game where there was no booing every time he touched the basketball because he heard it in D.C., heard it in Atlanta, he heard it in Brooklyn, and, and all the games before that, starting with Minnesota over a month ago. But for some reason, no booing in Miami last night. So that had an effect on him, I'm sure, for several weeks. You know, it'd be easier, better for him to answer. But um, I think he's learning to deal with it, and it, he had another good game. And he's been close to some triple doubles mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks, needing a rebound or an assist to get the job done. But uh, he's a solid player. He's he's working through it. And uh, yeah, like like you said, I don't have, have much information off the court. You know, I'll just when it comes, it comes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, for now, just uh, you know, watch him play on, on the court, and um, you know he's playing well. He, he, obviously, you know his shooting is not where it needs to be, not yet anyway. Even though he was knocking down some threes for a while, but he's a great facilitator. He gets he, he can find the open guys with the pass, and he can rebound pretty well. As, obviously with his triple-double. So uh, he continues to trend up right now. It's good to see. Yeah, Shea said last night he's an elite passer, there's no doubt. Talking to Steve McGee, the Thunder-dedicated reporter here on the Blitz 1170. It's 838 on your Friday drive to work, and Steve, yes, it is Friday. Uh, Chet, 19 last night. How have you seen him kind of improve and, and roll along? I mean, first real action for a long period of time. What are you seeing? I mean, better than expected for me. And I was worried about that foot injury. I think I've, I've mentioned that before. You know, it's like, oh, is this going to be one of those lingering is- injuries for the rest of his career? And, you know, knock on wood, it hasn't been an issue at all. It just, uh, you know, some days are better than others for him on the court. He's still learning, uh, trying to figure out how to guard uh, big men and other players in the league. But I think he's done extremely well. He's exactly what they wanted, someone with height that could block some shots, also knock down some threes at his height and uh, better than expected. You know, he's up for rookie of the year. We thought it was going to be Victor in in the Spurs, and Victor's having, I think, a solid month. So he may win rookie of the month for January, but Chet's won the first two. But um, Chet's not really worried about winning winning rookie of the year. He just wants to get better, and he wants to help this team win and make a run here in the playoffs. But I've been impressed with him, and he's, he's been a difference. I think that's one of the reasons why they are 26 and 11 having him on board and they had him last year they probably would won at least four or five more games yeah i would think so and then we'll talk about jalen williams in a moment at eight thirty nine here on the blitz eleven seventy, bryce sauce has a question yeah steve staying on chet um i saw that in the recent all-star voting he was a, a number nine among the western front court players uh, I, it's probably going to be a long shot he might end up being you know an injured reserve guy but w- what do you think the likelihood is that he could f- crack into that uh all-star lineup 
Oh, that'd be impressive in year number one. Uh, you need some more votes. I think today is triple voting. So if Thunder fans out there want to vote, I think the vote counts as three. So that's pretty good. And the voting, I think, ends January 20th before the All-Star game in Indianapolis. Definitely for sure he'll be in the Rising Stars game. Uh, but he's, he's making a run at the All-Star game. So he's going to be in Indianapolis one way or the other for All-Star weekend. But um, I would say right now he's probably got about a 25% chance. The voting would have to uptick, but he could also be brought in by the coaches as well. Yeah. And uh, Mark, Mark is up for uh, Western Conference coach. It's a team whoever's in the first in the West, and right now they're tied with Minnesota for the best record in the West. So right now, you know, it could be Mark saying, hey, I want my guy. I'm going to bring Chet. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That, that'd be fun. It would. That would be impressive. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. That would be impressive. Especially when you you're only a couple, couple years after, you know, East. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, sheesh, well, I was <laughs> last night's game reminded me of a game in Portland. I think I've mentioned this before too. It was a it was on a Saturday night. I think it was Giddy's rookie year, third quarter in the Thunder in Portland, down by like fifty eight points, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, get this game over with." So I, I could see how Portland was wanting to get that game over with last night. It's just it just wasn't their night. Yeah, no doubt. I mentioned Jalen Williams. He had the last night again twenty one. He seems to be right there every night. You know, it's almost hard, at least for me, and I don't see him certainly nearly as much as you do. To look at all the pieces and pick one most important, certainly Shea's the best player out there. But any guy you take off, it's like Jenga. I, how, how much does this stay, continue to stand? Is this as good a team as you've seen in a while? Uh, for the Thunder? Yes. Uh, or just, uh, yeah, since probably the uh, Chris Paul, Stephen Adams era that last year, you know, when they finished up in the bubble. They may be a little bit better than that. I think they have a better bench. In fact, I know they have a better bench. This I think this is the best bench they've had since the team moved here. Uh, that's up for debate, but uh, I think it's pretty deep. And, uh, you know, they have two guys in the G League that are performing well, and Usman Jang and Keontae Johnson, they both got to play last night. So they have, they have a lot of quality players in their team. It's just it's a struggle right now to get playing time for all these guys. And Mark does a good job of shuffling everybody in and out, trying to keep everyone fresh, you know. Mitch again played again last night. He's a great facilitator when it comes to passing the basketball. He can knock down. He's a smart player, obviously at 29 years old. I think he's 29, 29 or 30, but he 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 looks like he's been there, done that for a while. So that's a great addition for them in the off season. Um, I mean, people are saying, what do they need to trade for? And like, I, I mean, right now you're first in the West, <laughs> and unless there's an injury happening, there's really no pressing need to make some type of trade unless it's somebody they really coveted and and the trade makes sense yeah a couple more minutes here with steve mcgee dedicated reporter following the oklahoma city thunder part of griffin media of course news nine in oklahoma city it's eight forty three here rick Corey, along with bryce hulls i want to go back to coach dagnall for a second i don't know him at all i only see him in the news conferences and all but he just seems so measured so under control all the time is that him most of the time steve yeah, from what I can see, yeah, I'm sure he. I'm sure behind closed doors he gets on his players when he has to, but there's a fine line between that and he. He seems to be perfect with it, you know. You know, some coaches are just. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll keep the coach uh, anonymous, but I remember one time walking down the hallway in the visitors' locker room. This was a couple of years ago. I could hear the coach yelling. <laughs> in the locker room at his team. And of course, later that year, that coach got, got the boot. So um, he is not that type of guy. If he, if he's, if he's doing that, then something really bad went wrong. And I don't foresee that happening at all, but he's a, 
He's a mild-mannered coach. He'll get after a ref, and he's got a technical on the road. You know, he thought there was traveling called, and, and they didn't call it. So, you know, he's not going to be quiet and just let the game happen. But, you know, he is a uh, just a perfect guy to have, a great X's and O coach. He draws up great plays out of timeouts, and more times than not, it works. In the inbound pass, there you go, two points. So, um, And he's not – He's not shy to I call a timeout one minute, minute and a half into the game. He doesn't like what he sees, and he'll he'll call another timeout again a couple of minutes later if it's still not course corrected, as he calls it. Uh, get the car back on the road or get their fastball, as he with some of those is his saying he does in post game and pregame. But uh, a great coach. I'd love to see him uh, win Coach of the Year. I think it's much deserved uh, with the, the the one of the youngest teams in the NBA, and they, right now they have one of the best records in the NBA. So that's that's definitely Coach of the Year worthy. Is this record surprising to you, or considering how much you'd seen them grow? And keeping in mind that we thought Chet would play well, even though you said it's even better than you thought, or are they a little better than you thought? Uh, I think they're a little better than what I thought. Uh, you thought maybe Jalen J-Dub would have like a sophomore slump a little bit. That's <laughs> that hasn't been the case at all, and I don't foresee that happening. Um, obviously it comes down to injuries. Uh, they haven't really sustained any, no one's been out for a long period of time. That's really been a benefit. That's hurt some other teams. Jamal Murray was out for a while for Denver. So you got to take advantage of that stuff. And, uh, it was just interesting if they play 500 basketball or even just, if they go just 22 and 23, the rest of the season, they would still finish up with a 48 and 34 record. That that's that's a good record. <laughs> that's obviously in the playoffs. So we're like, we're looking at a team here that uh, is on their way to potentially winning more than fifty games this year. That's impressive. It is. Is this one of those moments where we all step back and go, "Okay, Sam Presti, you were right." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he was right. You know, and uh, it's it's not an exact science. It's uh, you know he's had some draft picks that haven't worked out, but that draft two years ago where he got uh, Chet at number two and then picking up Jalen later in the lottery and Usman Jang is developing, you know, Usman is a guy that there's so many guys on the team. It's hard to get him playing time. So he's been playing a lot for the Oklahoma city blue and playing well. So he got to play a little bit last night. So that was such a great draft for them and uh, picking up case and Wallace moving up to number 10 last summer. That, that's been beneficial. He's been better than expected. He can hit the corner three. He can play good defense. He's just uh, – Mark's not afraid to put him in there as a rookie because he, he doesn't play like a rookie. So that's a solid pick. So Sam has done extremely well right now putting this team together. And, you know, as we know, he's got a boatload of draft picks and second-round picks. And so he can almost do pretty much anything he wants. But uh, right now they're just trying to see what they have. They don't really need anything, as I said, since they're tied for the – you know, number one record in the West. Good to be the king, isn't it? There's no doubt about that. <laughs> well, hey, look, I yeah. hope you enjoyed sleeping in, and I know you get right back to it, that grind on the road. Remember, always have a calendar so you know what day and where you are. I do, I do. I'm I'm, I'm already dreading my 6.30 a.m. flight to L.A. on <laughs> Sunday. Hopefully we can get the plane out of here since, uh, you know, Alaska moved into Oklahoma this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, hey, you're going to L.A. It's not so bad out there. Steve, it's always a pleasure. Thanks yeah. very much. All right, take care. You betcha. Steve McGee, dedicated Thunder reporter, part of Griffin Media News 9, Oklahoma City. The only guy with them all the time. You know, that's you imagine you come into a football crazy state with an NBA team, which has had its share of success, and you dedicate an employee full time to following them around.
pretty crazy. It's kind of unheard of unless you're a national entity. Yeah. So it's really cool that Griffin has done that, and it shows. It pays off, and Steve seeing them and being around them every day, and you know, on the in, in the arenas and all those kinds of things, it really makes a difference. It is eight forty eight here at the Blitz eleven seventy. Got a note about a new hiring in Oklahoma State football. It's it's somebody I know quite well too, by the way. That's why I'm smiling. He's a really good guy. I'll get that for you next right here on the Blitz. Download the Blitz 1170 app now inside your cell phone provider's app store. You don't need a radio to listen to the Blitz. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The New England Patriots have hired Gerard Mayo as their head coach and will be introduced during a press conference next week. Mayo was drafted by the Patriots in 2008 and played all eight seasons in New England. He has been the inside linebackers coach for the past five seasons. And in college basketball this weekend, the ninth-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will be at Allen Fieldhouse tomorrow afternoon as they take on the third-ranked Jayhawks. Both teams were upset on the road this week. The Sooners are looking to get their first victory in Lawrence since 1993. Tip-off is at 1 o'clock. The Oklahoma State Cowboys will also be heading up north as they take on Iowa State and Ames. The Pokes were blown out in Lubbock on Tuesday against Texas Tech and are still searching for their first conference win. Tip-off is at 5 with a pregame at 4 here on the Blitz 1170. And Sunday, the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will host the Tulane Green Wave at the Reynolds Center as they look to secure their first win this season in conference. Tip-off will be at 2 o'clock with a 1.30 pregame over on Big Country 99.5. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.